Hello, everybody. If you are listening to this broadcast, then you are listening to PJs and Wine, a movie, TV, theater, and digital podcast. Our very first episode, mark the date, February 12th, 2017. It is officially the time when Oscar season rolls around, and it's time to talk about the very first movie that came out during Oscar season, Thor Ragnarok, which was technically a week ago, but... These guys, or I should say these ladies, got it a week before us here in the States. So, uh, yeah, 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 you guys got lucky on that one, to <laughs> say the least. Uh, so, I'm Joe, and we have Victorine and Tilly on as well. Hello! And what oh. this is... And what this is, uh, like what like the title says, we got our wine, and I don't know if you guys are wearing your PJs, but I know I am. I've been wearing them all day. It's Sundays, yep. Sundays are, you know, Sundays are my uh, chill days where I don't barely do anything because the rest of the weekend nice. I'm doing everything else, <laughs> like going to see movies. <laughs> Yay! So Thor Ragnarok. Third installment um, of the Thor franchise. Um, best installment of the Thor franchise. Let's just get that one out of there. Yes. Oh, what you think? You think? Yeah, you think? Uh, you think? Uh, you think the comedy, like adding like that comedic feel, was better than having the dark, gloomy version of Thor? Well, yeah, because actually they managed to fit a story in there, and uh, the other ones, like it was just so. Like, they were fun, don't get me wrong, but, like, it was just so cliche, the whole storylines on both of the first ones, that this one felt really fresh. Uh, cause yeah, that's and I feel, like, I feel like even though it was a comedy, the stakes in it felt higher because the storytelling was better. Oh, that's interesting, because I've heard people over here in the States say it doesn't, they didn't focus on the story at all, it was just more focusing on the comedy than anything else. And that's why it wasn't as good as the first two. Well, I think well, that they had... They're wrong. <laughs> I think the ease <laughs> that they had was that the characters are so well-established now that they that they didn't really have to focus on making, you know, storylines as far as characters go, um, which they did have to establish in the first one, at least. Um, and don't get me wrong. I mean, we've had this conversation before in our Shakespearean one. Ken Branagh's good, but also not that great. Like, Thor 1 was boring and felt like such a setup for the Avengers. There was no storyline, per se. It was like, Loki bad. Let's hurt Loki. That's the best character. <laughs> Thor good, Loki bad. That's all you need to know. And you have uh, Kenneth Branagh to thank for that one. Yeah, yeah. And then Thor <laughs> the Dark World was like, oh, we've got this random character and we need to make her do something. Poor Jane. Oh, look, MacGuffin. She gets possessed by something. And you never see her again. I know. And you never see her again. That was really <laughs> annoying. That was one. And there was a few things that I didn't like about this new one. Very small things, but one of them was how they, like, brushed her off. And, yeah. like... The way they built her up so much and the way that they were clearly that important to each other, they needed to not make it a joke. Yeah. Like, I felt like it could have easily done because he, he left and that that is a reason to break up rather than just being like, he's like, oh, no, she dumped. I dumped her first. I mean, it was a bit silly. Yeah, it's the typical guy response. It's like, well, I didn't dump her. She, I, I what? Well, I almost said that backwards. <laughs> she didn't dump me. I dumped her. Which for Thor, I was. I would. I would think since you're Thor, it's like, do you really need to say that? I mean, come on, you're Thor for crying out loud. You can pretty much get anybody in New York City. I just think that like the fact that he didn't come back during the Avengers. Um, Age of Ultron. Oh, mm -hmm. you mean so? You mean Civil War? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. All, all of that stuff, the fact that he wasn't there, I think, is important. And that is the reason that, like, she, she'd be like, I always expected you to come back and save everything. I mean, you didn't. So, like, 
that's that's a thing. I just felt they brushed over it and they could have used it in an interesting way. Instead, it was like he was just a free agent and immediately he was like being all goofy and flirting with other people. And I was just like, ah. Well, it's funny you bring that up because um, Taika Waititi, the director of this movie, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen his work, but um, yeah. he, did, he did a YouTube video with Chris Hemsworth basically explaining why uh, Thor wasn't in the Civil War. And basically the whole, yeah, yeah. Video, the, the whole video is um, Thor is like, yeah, I got a flatmate. And, uh, Daryl! Daryl! <laughs> I love Daryl and Thor. They did a couple of them, didn't they? Uh, yeah, yeah they and all the stuff about the phone and stuff. It's like, what are you doing right now? Working? What are you doing <laughs> after work? <laughs> he's talking to uh, uh, talking to Bruce Banner, and he's like, hey, t- t- tell Tony Stark I said hi. It, it, uh, oh. We, yeah, we kind done. of know that that was all... <laughs> That wasn't exactly what he was doing during all of that. He was off world, but yeah, it, it, they those are really cute. Yeah, which again, I, mean, I agree that they built Jane up so much in the dark world. Yeah. You know, for good or bad, for for better or for worse. You know, at least they tried. But considering that also Jane Foster, like in the comics, is now Thor herself, it feels a bit like they should have known whether Natalie Portman was going to be on board or not, or like prepped her departure a bit more rather than like you say, just kind of making it a five second joke of like, haha, we broke up. I dumped her. She dumped me, whatever. End of story. Now I'm going to go flirt with Valkyrie who was also kind of flirting with Bruce Banner. So I felt kind of bad for Bruce. I was like, Oh, well, she, he eventually will like have the hots for a um, widow. So they're building that up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit annoying. <laughs> yeah, they even they even reference that like that's the thing that turns Hulk back into Banner after two years of being Hulk on that planet, where he's like the ultimate mm. champion of the world. Or yeah, that's like the, which I found hilarious. I there's even a thing on IMDb they do like the trivia's thing, and they said the line where Chris Hemsworth's like he he's a friend from work. Um, apparently yeah. apparently that line um was uh, suggested to Chris Hemsworth to say by a Make-A-Wish child because uh, he actually paid a visit on the set the day they were filming that scene. He's like, can you say that? He's like, yeah, of course I will. Because uh, the other thing is 80% of the dialogue in that movie is all improvised. Yeah. There's like no, uh, there's no, they barely use the script at all. But then again, that's Taika Waititi style. Barely use a script. It's just there as a... Um, a guideline, so to speak, and if you need to go to it, you can, but, you know, just improvise it. It's funnier that way, which is why I love what we do in The Shadows, which is, like, my favorite vampire movie ever now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I in his character, the one that he voices as well, I think that... Oh, my like, gosh. Korg is the best. I cannot stop talking about Korg. He's just amazing. <laughs> He makes me happy. Like, everything about that character is perfect. It's like, don't worry, the foundation is fine. As long as the foundation's okay, we can rebuild. Boom! Well, the foundation's gone. (laughs) One of the... Yeah, and like, revolution. You want to come along? (laughs) Even, Even makes a What We Do in the Shadows reference during that. He's like... I got this sphere where you can actually sphere three vampires. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. He actually did a reference to that movie, which I'm the only one in the theater that laughed at that. For the only reason that that was a reference to the movie, everyone else was just laughing. It's like, oh, hey, you can sphere vampires to it. It's like, no, you don't get the reference. You're laughing, but not for the right reason. He made a vampire movie, guys. Come on. It's a cult classic. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I feel like we need to talk about Jeff Goldblum for a second as well. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! You know, yes. because you know they were, you know they were originally yeah. going to turn him blue, but you know Taika was like, "No, we don't need to do that." It's like he's better with the makeup on, and he's funny already, so we don't need to like go overboard with the makeup. I heard as well that like Jeff Goldblum, since he'd already played like a blue character, 
that he didn't want to do that again because he'd already done it. Yeah, they did that. In, so, I, so they were like, yeah, I forgot what. Yeah, uh, Earth Girls are easy. That was the movie that was like uh, 1988 that came out. Yes. So he was like, I've yeah, seen it once. Uh, I've never even heard of it until I saw it on the trivia thing, and uh, I mean, it is. I mean, it is a popular movie according to IMDb. So apparently, I must be missing out on it. It's a musical, from what I heard, also. Yes. From the little that I remember of it, it's it's kind of funny, but it was also like very eighties. I remember like watching it on like Sunday AMC or something, you know, like T V land special eighties day or something. Um but yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Oh. What a character. The grandmaster, what a character that was. I mean for one thing, I mean, you couldn't have picked any other person to play him better than Jeff Goldblum did. I mean, quite honestly. I can't picture any, like, person now that can pull that off as good as he did. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really good performance. Especially... Oh, and the, his assistant. The what? The, his assistant, Grandmaster's assistant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's so great. She's so great in Hunt for the Wilder People as well. Yeah, she's yeah. super talented. So Mm, and she's the grandma in Moana. Oh, is she? I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. and, and Taika was in that, too. <laughs> so, well, all these things bridging together. Amazing. Because, and especially, like, the end, I don't know if you guys saw the post-credit scene, like, after the whole credits yeah. were done, but, okay. So it's like, okay, it's officially, it's a tie. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I was like, God, you couldn't have, you couldn't have, I was like that. That was like on par with the Spider Man's, uh, where you had a uh, Captain America at the end talking about patience, and it's like, okay, you couldn't get any more meta than that. But I was like, that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I quite, I quite liked the Spider Man. Yeah, like I'm trying to figure out. Things. I'm trying to figure out. Like I'm still thinking. It's like, is Thor or Spider Man better this year? Because Guardians Thor. of the Galaxy. It's like, eh. no, you Guardians think Thor? Like, I'm sorry. Like, what was that? And yeah, I still no. haven't seen it. The second one, annoyingly. I prefer the second one over the. I prefer the second one over the first one, to be quite honest. Oh no! I, it was like it was so disappointing, and like. But Ego was a better villain. No, he wasn't. He was boring. It was predictable, and that whole like daddy I, sacrifice scene, I just can't like. Oh, ugh, that, that made so me, overused. That made so me, ill set up. That made me cry. I was like, "That's what I. That's what I liked about the second one. It actually made me feel emotions. Whereas the first one, I was like completely bored with it." Yeah, see, it didn't make me feel emotions because, like, it was, it was one of those things that if you're gonna set up something so cliche as that, that's fine. Like, it is a traditional storytelling um, kind of step, but they just didn't handle it well, in my opinion. Like, it was too quick, and it wasn't. And it was also just so, so, like, put out there during the whole film that that was literally what was going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I – and you know, that's the one thing I'll say about uh, Hela and Thor is, like, I thought that out of the three movies, I thought she, that that came out this year, I thought she was, like, the worst. Even though I didn't, she's, you thought – I, I mean, think you didn't like her as a villain or you uh, – I mean, look, I thought Hela was, like, great in terms of, like, you know, being, like, the third villain in that entire franchise. Because, obviously, Hela's, like, besides Loki, Hela was, like, the top, like, main villain of that series. And, A, Kate, it's Kate Blanchett. And, you know, she doesn't really – I haven't really seen her in, like, a major, major movie like this. And it shows. Like, she's just there to, to put on a performance. It's not, like, her iconic – roles like Blue Jasmine and Carol. It's just like, okay, I'm playing Hela and I'm going to be doing some Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I'm just going to be saying my lines. I didn't really yeah, feel like, like... I didn't really... Huh? It's a bit too cool, cool for school for me. Like, I, it felt... She was... Indiana Jones. Like, let's... But it it didn't feel quite as in the world as everybody else was with their characters. Yeah, and that's what I really liked her. 
As <laughs> I, I, I even remember hearing somebody say, like, um, like on, on uh, Instagram, it's like you listen to one heavy metal song and then you end up turning into Hella. <laughs> which, if, See, which, at really all intents and purposes, she could be good at. But go ahead. Tell it me. was um, it was like a personal thing for her, so it wasn't about her destroying everything, really. Well, I mean, what it was does about the thing. I mean, yeah, she but like that was in, that was almost incidental. The fact that she wanted to kill everything. It was more about like the motivations of her father disowning her and all of that sort of stuff. And I really liked that it was it was like all in the family. I thought that was really clever. Yeah, I thought that worked really well. But I mean, just in terms of like her performance, I thought it was just a tiny bit over because all the personal stuff kind of felt a bit lost in because it was such like a character-based performance rather than something a bit more personal. I don't know. Yeah, but, like, she was great, and I enjoyed her, and she was so much better than the Dark Elves. What even were they? <laughs> what I was going to say is, like, uh, this, this is, like, her first major, major, major performance. Like, I I can even tell you there's people that I know that don't even know who Kate Blanchett is until this movie even came out. Because you got to remember, here in the States, it's it's, like, generally, like, what's the most popular movie out there? It's not like all Oscar contenders where like people like me would go and say, "Hey, I know them from this movie and this movie." You literally, you would have to say if you saw Kate Blanchett in another movie, you would have to literally say to people, "Oh, you remember Hella from Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, she's in this movie." And it's like, "Oh, has I- nobody seen Lord of the Rings?" uncultured swine yeah well, here's the thing: people prefer Harry Potter over Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings is like three hours long. And people don't like three-hour-long movies. I mean, if you're taking all three movies all together, and The Hobbit, which is like another No, we just forget that The Hobbit ever happened. We can draw draw a veil over The Hobbit. All three of them. Why were there three? It was a tiny book. It was fun. Because Peter Jackson wanted it that way, damn it. Anyways. Uh, but, But... I would literally have to say, it's like, it's got to be something that people will remember, and at the same time, um, it's not something that's going to bore them. So for, like, Lord of the Rings, like, think people have forgotten about those movies a long time ago, unless you're, like, a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Because you'll notice, like, if you talk about Harry Potter, I mean, obviously, you got the theme parks. With Lord of the Rings, I don't even hear people talking about that anymore. I mean, regarding uh, IMDb, it's, like, insanely popular. It's, like, the highest rated on their system. But nobody's like, oh, yeah, I just know Orlando Bloom from that, and that's it. Oh, my God. But they're amazing films. Actually, a lot of people over here, like, that I know, like, geeks and freaks and geeks and just normal people, like, love Lord of the Rings, you know, and Elijah Wood and Sean Astin, Viggo Mortensen, Mm. And we were actually talking about Carl Urban um, and Kate. Oh, Kate yeah, because he's in Lord of the Rings as well. I, I had not yeah. recognized him from that. Yeah. Yeah, and he knows. Yeah, that's his name, by the way, Tilly, because I finally remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but over here, it's like, okay, oh, I, I would have to literally tell people, you know, Dr. McCoy from the Star Trek movies? He's in this movie. Thor. It's like, oh, I remember Dr. McCoy. Because they barely even remember Lord of the Rings. So it's like, okay, you gotta, you gotta have like particular popular movies that have came out in the past two or three years, because that's how far their attention span goes. Yeah, fair enough. You, I mean, there's so many movies coming out nowadays. I, yeah, I, that's fair. I'll, I'll buy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Kate's also won like an Oscar. Yeah, but nobody saw Blue Jasmine. That's the problem. I don't think yeah. did she win the Oscar for um the that thing where she was Catherine Hepburn. Oh, The Aviator. Might have done. All right, time to do some research. Hold on. Oh, we're all like googling her now. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. The Aviator. It was the Aviator. Yay! Boom. 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 (laughs) But no, Blue Jasmine was like her last win, and then she was in Carol, which the only reason you want to tell people that over here, it's like, oh yeah, if you're into lesbian stuff, that's the only reason to see it. But, I mean, if you're, like, a modern, like, if you're just, like, a 
casual viewer, but I enjoyed Carol for like the story it told, but nobody saw it. Okay. And nobody watches the Oscars anyway over here. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta try to find specific movies. And the only one that I can really say that people would remember Kate Blanchett for is the curious case of Benjamin Button. Ah, I forgot she was on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, film. Uh, that was three hours of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it's like <laughs> so Thor. Yeah, back to that. I thought she was in that terrible Robin Hood film. Oh yeah, the one with um, Russell Crowe. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, and Oscar Isaac. That was he was in that. He was very good in that. He played King John as a note on a side note. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, and generally she in, my she whole... Was in, she, was in, what? she was in that new, the new Cinderella. She was the evil stepmom in that. Oh, I forgot about that. Another Ken Branagh. <laughs> yeah, I just totally forgot about that. Maybe that's why they got her to do Thor, because she was already... Maybe she has a Disney contract, and they were like, hey, we need you to do Thor. And she's like, all right. Well, she's also um the voice of the... Are it's you like just a new jungle book. No, I'm on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what Wikipedia says. <laughs> it's one of my favorite ways to get She's in Ocean's 8 next year. <laughs> oh, that's next year. That's 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 how they're going to promote that movie. It's like, hey, you remember Kate Blanchett from Thor? Well, she's in this movie, and that's why you should go see it if you like Thor. <laughs> Yeah, to remember, that's why she does like these major roles. It's like so she can get like more work and other things. Like she knows this is a sacrifice she has to do because I don't think particularly like Kate Blanchett knows anything about comic books. To be quite honest, she did this role just to please her children because her children are huge Marvel fans. She's like, "Mommy, can you do this?" And it's like, "Okay." And then it, it finally, and it's like his son had to tell him, "You know, it's going to boost your career by so much." I mean, granted, you won two Oscars, but your career is going to be even bigger than those two award little statues that you have on the shelf. Because people don't yeah, even like, care about really statues. Like so, I mean, I, um, I mean, granted, I mean, I, granted, I mean, I will say, granted, her role as Hela is a lot better than most of the Marvel villains that we've had so far in this whole universe. I mean, to be quite honest, this year was probably like the best in terms of villains. The, pe- the previous years, uh, they are still working their way up. So I, while I say she's the worst of this year, she's still in the top five for me. Yeah, still doesn't beat Loki, though. Bad Loki. He's not, still he's, doesn't can, you, can you call him a villain? Well, you can if you just consider him in the Avengers, but he's not the overall, overall arcing villain because obviously Thanos put him up to it. So not really, but I mean, if you consider like the main villain of the film, I, in Avengers, I would. Yo, yeah, and now now he's a part of the Revengers, which is that little group that Thor now has uh, <laughs> formed. That was yeah. so cute. <laughs> which eventually, Doctor Strange will eventually join that group since they put him in there for like a minute or so. I quite liked that bit. Yeah. I I, I, I really liked nearly all of it. <laughs> I have my issues just with, like, I had a little bit of an issue with Hela, but I enjoyed it. And then the Loki, the Loki-Thor dynamic, it's just feeling a bit old now. Like, they're great, and I really enjoy watching the two of them, and everybody knows my undying love for, for Loki as a character. But it just feels like it's kind of stalling, and like, I enjoyed Loki and Korg more than I enjoyed Loki and Thor. I would watch that. However, I think what was good in this time is that this time was that predicted that he would screw him over, whereas that hasn't happened before. So that was new. Yeah. And that was her satisfying. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the, the little brother dynamic here. Because you'd think for a second, like, oh, he's going to turn on him again, and he, then he does, and then he's like, up, oh, I'm back. So it's like, how do you balance all that out when it gets to Avengers? That's going to be the interesting thing. Like, I'm expecting a sacrifice between one of them. 
And then it becomes if like with the dark dies going all noble, I will have to shoot someone at Marvel because <laughs> that is the one villain <laughs> character trope that I literally cannot handle. Well they, they pretty much tease so noble in Ragnarok. Well they pretty much tease yeah, did- Ragnarok when they had like the, the, the play of Thor and Loki like crying over each other. And then it's like, oh hey, they're doing a play oh based God. on a thing. <laughs> With Anthony Hopkins, that, that, that scene for me, I felt like it was just written for me. I just like loved so much in it, and the fact they cast like the third Hemsworth as Thor, it was mm-hmm. perfection. And then this Sam yeah. Neill and Matt Damon, and like it was so meta and so gorgeous, and I was crying with laughter. It was so great. And then it Anthony was, Hopkins uh, is eating grapes while the whole thing's going on. I'm like, oh my god, that is classic him. Yeah, it was uh, it, that bit was so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he already they pulled the sacrifice trope at, in the dark world, and then obviously they saved themselves from it by making Loki kind of take over Asgard and not being dead, which we all knew. Mm-hmm. But if they do it again, seriously, it's like they will have no imagination. Well, it's, it's too it's easy to happen. It's gonna happen. It's Infinity War. Like the people are expecting, like a major character is gonna be sacrificed, and it's probably gonna be Loki. Yeah, but then sacrifice major, major characters. You know, I'm sure some of the other bigger actors want out of their contracts. Let's get oh, real. Oh, Captain America, and, obviously. That I'm expecting and, him because he's like, I'm done. Yeah. But it's also like it, it's expected. That's the thing is it's easy and it could be easily expected for characters like Loki and things like that to go, which I feel would be a shame if they actually bought into that instead of like making it really surprising and clever like they have for most of the Marvel films so far is is taking the unexpected turn. Yeah, but so you got to think like if either Thor or Loki to go, then what would the other one be doing at that point? Because if Loki is the last brother to live. Like, where does he go after that? Like, they basically just written him into a corner. Yeah, but Unless... you don't have to have him in the films. Then after that, he can just be around going, doing mischief off in other planets and crap. Be in the Marvel Universe in the films, but, like, it's too easy to kill him off. Like, I'd rather see, you know, Iron Man. Iron... Robert Downey's probably, you know nearing the oh. end of his long tenure. Yeah, he's... You know, kill yeah, off he the Kill oh, off they, Black uh, Widow. You can't give her a standalone film. <laughs> well, then they would have to do Hulk, too. Because Hulk can't have a, a standalone film anymore, either. Yeah, they tried that and failed too yeah. many times. But I think... The, I, I, think didn't, I think I read something or heard something that they can't do a Hulk one because um, somebody else has got the rights to it still. Mm. Yeah, so it's like a studio battle. I think it, it is. I think it's to do with that. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, another like the people that did the first. The horrible like, one. That wasn't. Banner. Yeah, the one with Eric Banner and the one with Ed Norton. They just like. Um, yeah, and so. Uh, well, that's considered canon. Yeah, 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 but um, but it's not. It's produced by a different studio, and that studio won't let Marvel do as another standalone. Yeah, same as they did with Iron Man. Like it took them forever to get the rights from Sony. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you should have seen the look um, on my face when they like finally got the rights to it. I'm like, yes, finally we can get a good Spider-Man movie. It was like, a good Spider-Man movie. It was just Tobey Maguire. The first one was. Fine. Yes, I really liked the first fight, first ever Spider-Man, or the first one, like in 2000, yeah, whenever it was. Oh, it was like the but, first comic book film. Now I like look at look at pictures of it, and I'm like, he does not look like he's at high school at all. He looks like he's 30 years old. Well, <laughs> so that was well, that was classic Hollywood back then, trying to you know be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna fool them into thinking like they're younger than they actually look. Nowadays, you can't get away with that. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like, okay, they got to be this specific age. Otherwise, the internet's going to go crazy. And so yet they then, still try on television. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm in high school, and I've got a fully developed body and beautiful hair and nails. Oh, yeah. No acne. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, you know, 
Well, Ridiculous, it's like anyway. it's Spider Man. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> trying to uh, let's see. Um, trying to think of other stuff from the the movie that was. I really liked how Australian it all felt, and I don't know whether that's just because I'm Australian and there was loads of Australians in it. And I liked like, it. Taika I, yeah, I, and yeah. I was just like, I felt like so much of it was like really lovely in jokes, and there was super. It was just felt super Aussie and Kiwi and. Yeah, I, I thought that was I, great. Ironic, since Taika Waititi is New Zealand. It's from yeah, New Zealand. Kiwi. Which is like, there's like a huge rivalry, because the only reason I know that is Flight of the Concords. That's the only reason I know there's like a rivalry between them. Yeah, but what I meant by like Kiwi and Australian, it's like the same area, the same sense of humor. Oh, so okay. Like, yeah. So you gotta and I like, explain these things, because I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I liked that it had that feel, actually, because it felt very, um, like, its own world, which worked for the fact that they were, you know, on this, this other new planet and whatever. And it felt that even though I didn't get all of the in-jokes, obviously, but I got, you know, I could feel when there was one kind of thing. Um, so it was nice to kind of feel like it was very personal touch in such a big scale. Um, it felt like a very defined world. I remember I, somebody brought this up to me and I thought it was like funny at the same time. Like somebody was saying, okay, if this were planet earth, Asgard is Australia, the grandmasters planet is New Zealand and planet earth is America. (laughs) So it's pretty, I, somebody, somebody was trying to get too, like too philosophical with it. You know, being the film student, they gotta be, they gotta like put all the stuff to like, yeah, what if this was really Australia and they, like, they destroy, like, they had to, like, destroy Australia and then their new home is America? I was like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe a bit too far. It was pretty <laughs> colors. That's about as far as I would go. Pretty colors and cute humor. Mm hmm. I mean, that's a, and that's the thing about it too. It's like I think it's the only Marvel, um, the one that Disney owns, because I'm, I'm count, I'm not counting Logan in that, uh, in that universe, even though Logan is a Marvel movie. But um, they're saying like in terms of comic book movies, like this one was probably the best written, and it's like adapted screenplay. It's like in consideration at the Oscars, even though that's highly unlikely because comic book movies never make it in the Oscars. But if there was a chance. This movie would have the highest chance with Logan being second and then <laughs> Spider-Man being number three. Oh, I, well, I, I, I for like production design and things like that because I thought the production design at, at the very least was Oscar worthy. Oh, it was oh my gosh, the costumes so are so cool. Oh yeah, the costumes are amazing. I and loved it. And I loved. I loved um, Hulk's outfit <laughs> when he was oh like the gladiator. It was great. Oh. His beads. I loved his beads. Yeah, that was, a- was so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant to ask, what did you uh, ladies think of like short haired version of Thor? I really love I it. He just- did a refresher. I love it. I love him anyway, though. Like, <laughs> he's, he's like my life. Signs <laughs> they put in. So I was gonna say it's like because I know people in the in the crowd were, were like, "Yay, he's finally got shorter hair!" And I'm like, "I've been saying that since the first movie. Why does he have longer hair?" I was like, "I don't like him in the first." It's like, I but it felt like since they were changing the vibe so much, you needed to just take it off. And the fact that it's Stanley doing the haircut yeah. was, yeah, was really like, funny. no, don't do it, don't do it, ah. <laughs> I, th- I, I like how they treated it like it was a torture scene when it really wasn't. Like, you knew it was just this hair, but I like how they went in that direction. And yeah. Naughty Samson and stuff. I think the um the designs in his hair were great because um they were so discreet that it, mm-hmm. it almost looked like it had just been sweaty. It could have just gone into that design, but you could tell, like, it was, like, razored in or whatever. Um, yeah, but really it wasn't cool. over the top. It was simple. It wasn't like, you know, oh my god, Thor's got designs in his hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. And can we talk about how amazing when he turns into the god of thunder? 
Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. yeah. That that oh that whole fight was so great. Like, you know, Which one, like the, I, I mean, against, I guess the guns against Hulk or Hella. Yeah, against the Hulk. Yeah, when like they like when we first saw the lightning, like it was yeah. structurally like the beats that it hit. It was so beautifully constructed, and I get so swept up when I'm watching a film anyway. But I felt like I was there, and I was like. <gasps> You know, like, and, you know, and yeah. then in, the intercuts of, like, Loki looking really anxious. <laughs> like, oh, yes, everything. Yes. No, you know how it, it feels. Just, it's like, i got to get I off this planet. So, so well edited and really beautifully directed and great. Like, I had a, yeah, I thought it was. I had a, uh, I had a Marvel, like, a uh, Marvel nut, like, go crazy in the theater because he's like, he's the God of thunder, not the God of lightning. Show more thunder. What is wrong with these people? And then oh somebody, yelled, and then somebody yelled, shut the fuck up. We're watching the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why would you yell that out? Like, but either like, how weird. Yeah. If anything, Lord of thunder, not God of thunder. Oh wait, no, it's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got to remember, there's like, there's very antsy people that like to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 type commentary. And then people are just like, shut up. This is not the time and place. And that's why I go at one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon in the middle of nowhere to the cinema so that there's no one else there. Exactly. Or a luxury cinema where there's like recliner chairs and you're the only one there. Mm, That would be nice. Yeah, we're getting plenty of those down here now. Um, what do you guys think of the eye patch that Thor had to take at the end? Do you think that was like a battle scar worthy? Hemsworth, he could wear anything and still be amazing. <laughs> and I'm not just saying because he's gorgeous, because we all know he is, but he carries everything so well. Like whether it's what's his oh god, Kevin. Oh my god, you know, Kevin is my the favorite. The glasses and the tie or the eye patch and the new look, he just makes it work. And, you know, it was so yeah. obvious. But at thought, the same time, it was like, cool. Yeah, and I thought I that, like, it was a little bit predictable in some ways that he would assume, like, the Odin sort of um, yeah. role. But I think they did it in a way that wasn't too heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, like, personal to him. To yeah, I think it was quite, quite nice. I was going to say, like, with terms of the eye patch, I was like, okay, maybe he'll be in Pirate 6. But then I remembered, oh, wait, he was already in that Ron Howard movie with the Moby Dick, and he was on a ship, so uh, we have already seen that already. Mm. That was I haven't seen that one. Another two hours of my life that I won't go back. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. Regardless that Chris was in it, it was just like, ugh. Yeah, it looked pretty, pretty rubbish. Yeah. Um, let's. I mean, I have some interesting trivia that uh, IMDb has been kind enough to give us um, mm. for this whole thing, uh, and a lot of people have found this interesting. Um, so you know, Korg that we were talking about. Uh, Korg was actually based on uh, uh, based the the Korg character on Polynesian bouncers. He's like. Huh. He said, like, we wanted to change the idea of what a hulking guy made of rocks could be. He's huge and heavy, but with a light soul, and he's funny and friendly, which is what Polynesian bouncers are. That makes sense. He definitely, like, he definitely sounded, like, because he had a Maori um, accent and quite a broad one. So that makes sense that it was, like, yeah, the lilt of it know. kind of lifted you up, and it was like, okay, we're going on a revolution now. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's go. It's Viking time. Which somebody also mentioned, like, I think they were trying to get away from having him look like the thing from Fantastic Four, because um, I think they're trying to get away from that movie as much as possible, um, because everybody, <laughs> yeah, because everybody hates it, hates it, hates it, hates it, and. The one day that Disney owns uh, owns 20th Century Fox and they get all the rights to the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, then maybe they'll, like, try to get the defibrillator and try to revive that. But for right now, they're just trying to stay away from that as much as possible. So I can understand why they based Cork around that. Um, let me see here. I loved him, and I loved his little mate. 
That was really cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's dead. Oh, he's alive again. What was your question again? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, oh, I totally forgot the I totally forgot to mention the Led Zeppelin song. Um because Oh, I really loved it. But I didn't think they should have used it twice. That kind of ruined oh, three times, including the trailer. <laughs> Don't use I just like I mean it's twice in the trailer. It's such a great song. And it's so like awesome, but why use it twice in the film and the trailer? Because yeah, it's a, because it's an epic battle. That's why they put it in there. Yeah, but then don't use it for the trailer. Because you do know if the you know the lyrics to immigrant song are totally on Norse mythology and Thor. So you gotta you gotta get those references in there. Yeah, and if you're gonna Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Like use it, totally use it. Don't use it twice. And in the trailer. Or use it twice and not in the trailer. Or use it in the trailer and once in the film. But don't use it three times. I'm counting that as three times. Well, for me, it's I'm just count- lost its effect. Well, I'm counting four because I saw a laser light show at the science museum over here, and they used Thor uh, as in during the laser show, and it actually looked like the Crimson Hemsworth Thor. So I'm like, okay, I got four instances of this song during because it was all Led Zeppelin themed because <laughs> they played all the Led Zeppelin songs. So they were like, immigrant song, Thor's got to be in there. There he is. There's Loki. They obviously watched the movie, so I'm counting four. But yeah, it was overused. <laughs> it worked well for the scenes. Yeah. And it worked like, well for the trailer, but not both together. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, okay. So there's, there's a reason why they put Doctor Strange in this movie. Um, they had just got done shooting Doctor Strange. And before they were going to demolish all the sets, uh, YTT took advantage of it and said, Hey, let's put, let's put, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in here for like five minutes before he started taking it down everything. So, and he felt that it was perfect to show Strange during this whole thing. Um, because, you know, they had the after credits of, uh, Thor and Doctor Strange talking to each other and near the end credits, uh, yeah. of the Doctor Strange movie. And so it's like, okay, it all ties in together. So we might as well, uh, try to put everything in here while we still can. It's like, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I I thought it was, I thought it was just the right length of time. Like if you'd been in there any too much longer, it would have been annoying. Yeah. And it, I, I like that he was annoying Loki as well. Yes. That was really funny when he's like, I've been falling for 20 (laughs) minutes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can we just talk about how the fact that like everybody is in love with Tom Hiddleston again? Because he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still have my issues with him. We all know that, but me too. The but... Bolognese article and his publicists are amazing, so I'll forgive him for cleaning up that at least. Yeah. Although if you saw um, Kong, although if you saw Kong Skull Island, I kind of it was iffy about that. <laughs> that was just hilarious. What was going on with that? Why? I mean, when they hoping to make that into a franchise, I I really just oh apparently they're they're still going to continue because it made enough money. How oh, we no. don't know because it was because because Japan loved it. That's why they want to see King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Damn it! Well, so do I, but I don't need Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson. And what was Samuel L. Jackson doing there? Because he's Samuel motherfucking Jackson. That's why. I just, yeah. I think the best review I found of it was, like, that they they appreciated that they used Tom Hiddleston as the girl. And so, like, creeping up his biceps was his T-shirt. Yes! Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's, like, more and more ripped. And he gets more and more revealed. <laughs> But it, again, like there, it was like, oh, the girl has to be empathetic to the gorilla first because she's a girl. It was like, no, I would have loved it if Tom Hiddleston had actually been the girl of that film and felt empathetic with the gorilla first. No, it has to be the actual girl. I, the journalist I, I like the world. <laughs> I think they're tra- <laughs> um, I, quite, I quite like um, Valkyrie. I quite liked her storyline. I thought that was um, quite good. 
Oh, speaking yeah. of uh, speaking of Valkyrie, uh, I actually found out that she based her character around uh, Sarah Connor from the Terminator movies. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I read um I read an article about um Tessa Thompson. Um, the way she approached the character was very much uh, close to how she's portrayed in the comics, um, particularly regarding um like her sexuality and stuff, and that she wanted to kind of be as non-specific but also specific i think she put it and kind of hinting at different aspects of her character and i thought that all those levels were really well put in there like it Except felt like a very deep character for so little time being on screen mm. yeah. yeah so well, i mean we'll see we'll see how uh we'll see how that we'll see how it Further, let's see how it further pans out. Considering since Ultra, uh, not Ultra, but Infinity War, how they go about with that. Considering like it's yeah, be well, they were clearly minimal. setting up uh, romance between her and Thor. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Even though it's kind of I went, I liked how the I loved I loved the whole um, the, the like the drunken side of her. Like I don't know for some reason it just added to the humor of it as well. It's like. It's like when you first see her, it's like, he's mine, and, and then she stumbles and falls off, and it's like, okay. It's like, it's different, but yeah. at the same time, you know, it's obviously she's just trying to hide her past because the Valkyries lost to the Hela, and she's like the only one of her kind left, which I was like, damn. It's like, okay, so you don't really see that in a Disney Marvel movie done like that, so that's interesting. Yeah. I thought mm. it was nice that she was the she was drunk but also functional she wasn't just like soppy drunk i'm gonna confess all of my yeah. feelings to the man in the film like she yeah. was just drunk all the time like yeah and she still kicked ass and so, still and, and being play and being yeah. playful playing playful with the hulk which i'm like huh interesting because the hulk probably you know in the comics the hulk would have never been like this but it's disney marvel so obviously they're gonna go for the humorous side of Hulk in that sense, which I really loved considering that they finally got somebody else other than Lou Ferrango, who's been doing the Hulk voice for so many years, finally got Mark Ruffalo to do all of his talking. So finally he talks like a coherent person. Well, I think they needed to have um, Mark Ruffalo actually doing it because there's so much more character going into, because there's so much Mm -hmm. more Hulk time. Oh, of course. Yeah. So you want to And it was nice that like it felt kind of organic that he's got to that point because he's been the Hulk for two years. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah. it makes sense that he would need to communicate and he would like develop like that rather than just having him suddenly you know Oh, I loved all oh, that the the reference to um, you know, the puny human bit when he did exactly the same thing to Oh yeah. So <laughs> I love that. And I totally forgot. Yeah. And I totally forgot this. And I'm ashamed because this was my favorite movie ever. And I don't know why I didn't bring this up earlier. But the scene where Thor is in the chair and he's in the Grandmaster's planet for the first time and he's getting the tour, and all of a sudden you hear pure imagination in the background. And from the way it looks, yeah, it looks, and it looks like yeah. 2001: A Space Odyssey at the same time because you're seeing all the colors going at the same time. I'm talking to my friend, and it's like, oh my god, it's like Willy Wonka meets 2001 with the weird introductory voice and you know he's freaking out and it's like oh my god are we gonna get a scary tunnel scene again make it stop and oh i thought that i was cracking up so much and my friend even said like you're gonna probably enjoy this next scene because it's got a song that you're gonna love so i'm like oh god what can he be talking about and i jumped out of my chair i probably was like the only one screaming when that happened (laughs) I loved that scene. I thought it worked really well, and the little tiny notes of pure imagination were great. Yeah. It was just so discreet that you were kind of like, is it? It is. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, am I hearing this right? Is my uh, is my hearing proper? Am I going crazy? So you guys want to know just- what Chris... What? I was just going to say, it was just full of like little things like that that were just very discreet. And like I would, I will watch it again several times, obviously. And like you'll pick up, I I know I'll pick up on other things, and that's what I think it makes it a lot better than the other ones, is because you you have all these layers that will probably be coming as you watch it more and more. 
So you guys want to know exactly like what uh, Chris Hemsworth diet was because um, he had to bulk up again when he took up this role because apparently he lost a lot of his muscle. So he had to like work out every single day of the week and he had to eat over 6,000 calories a day just to gain all that 20 pounds of muscle again. Did he, wow. did he eat two dozen eggs every morning to help him get large? <laughs> <laughs> and now that he's grown, does he eat five of those eggs? So he's roughly the size of a barge. A barge. <laughs> well, by the by the time what was it? By the time he got uh, by the time he got done uh, tr- working out, he was like two hundred pounds. But they don't say what his like his actual eating stuff was. It's like here, just consume meat and protein for the next however long this was. Oh, uh, that's just so much. It's like, we just yeah, don't know. <laughs> Do you know what? It's just like, it's impressive, but at the same time, like, I always, I, it's like the, the whole thing with Christian Bale a few years ago when he was going up and down and up and down and up and down, you know, between yeah, Batman. Yeah, too healthy. <laughs> and, and he's doing, and he's doing it again, by the way, because, uh. He's getting fatter for another role. It's like a major role, but I can't remember which one it was. But yeah, I, like I don't, I don't know what these actors like when they try to, you know, I don't, I don't. Look, I'm not a health expert. I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm like, I'm guessing. Like, is it healthy to be putting on that much muscle in that short amount of time, or if it's like you're trying to gain so. like that weight? I don't think it can be good in in any kind of capacity. Like, I feel like. The Hemsworth to be like he's always kind of at a certain level, even if he does lose a bit. So yeah, to me, he's not he's like, not gonna get super skinny. Is he? he might like lose abs, but he's not gonna go super skinny. He's not super skinny. Well, well, we'll see in like forty. We'll see in like forty years. <laughs> we'll all have this conversation again and be like, hmm, so <laughs> how we thought it would. I was like, right, yeah, so yeah, this is this is really great. Um, let me see, trying to see if there's uh, trying to see if there's like anything other than interesting that I can like that I see. Oh, apparently Jeff Goldblum was considered to be playing the Hulk back many years ago. Huh. I did not know that. Neither did I. That's fun. Uh, let's see. That's all just tech. Oh, okay. So Taika Waititi uh, said, like, Thor Ragnarok is basically a 70s and 80s science fiction fantasy movie. He cited Big Trouble in Little China as, like, a major influence on the film. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Big Trouble in Little China. But it's, like, one of my favorite 80s movies ever. Um, if, like, if you've ever seen that, you'll probably take a look at it and it'd be like, Wow, this has so much like there's like so much stuff Thor like uh took from this where you're just like, Wow. But I mean I, I, I caught a good little glimpses here and there when I was watching it, but God, it's 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 a fun movie. And it's like so underappreciated, but uh Taika Waititi loved it and that's why he included it in this one. So there you go. Yeah, he's great. Um I we probably should mention that he's like the first um indigenous uh, person to direct such a big film in Hollywood, which is really cool. Like, yeah. in, the, like in the Marvel movies? Yeah. Or like so in general? No, in Hollywood, in general, he's the first Indigenous, because he's Maori, he's the first um, like Indigenous person to direct such a big film, and he brought a lot of um, Indigenous uh, workers but like and Aboriginal people from Australia onto the set and all sorts of things like that. So I think that's really great. It's very progressive. Yeah, and I think they said that you know like um obviously the the one who plays Goldblum's assistant um like she worked on Hunt for the Winter Pe- Wilder People like that's he great. brought so many people that he's worked with on other films back on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just you can tell that it's kind of like really just joyous and that it's people who know each other and that are comfortable with each other working together um yeah Yeah, i I think i read quite a lot of stuff about how he treats the set and how he like you know and how good he is to work with and stuff and 
So, uh, yeah, I think he sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I remember there was I was reading something where he like meticulously went to every single person involved with like the different styles of production, like the um, the visuals and the lighting and all this because, you know, he's been doing like independence for a long time and this is like his first major one. So he was like trying to, you know, trying to study everything and see how he can equate it with his style at the same time. So, you know, because he didn't because he thought. He literally thought that if I don't make this film successful, this is going to be the end of my career. I will never be able to do movies again, or at least not at this level. And if I fail at this, I am going to be so done, and I'll probably just go back to New Zealand and work on that We Are Werewolves movie. But, you know, he's like, it, he had a lot no, on his we, way. It's werewolves. Not werewolves. Like, no, werewolves, as in, like, where it's we are wolves but it's a post, it's like shortened so it's we are wolves but then in a kiwi accent that comes out as werewolves mm -hmm. does that make sense so it's like werewolves. levels of but you need the accent for the pun to work does that make sense <laughs> yeah so it's like so, so you can't just say werewolves it's oh my God, it's like a tongue twister it would be like werewolves and then <laughs> I, oh <my> God. <laughs> I can't do Kiwi accents, obviously. But it's really, if you think about it, it's kind of sad that he's saying things like this. It's like the exact same response that um, uh, Patty, oh God, what's her name? Oh, Patty Wonder Jenkins. Woman director. Yeah, Patty, Patty Jenkins. Jenkins had. Yeah, and that's the reason she didn't direct Thor: The Dark World. Is that they know, you know, as a woman, as an indigenous director, that. If they muck it up, yeah. it's not like the rest of the, you know, 30-something video game men like Zack Snyder and Brett Ratner and the rest of them that can just come out Ugh. back on top with another $30 million budget. And it's like, you know, it's really sad that you say that because, hey, if you tried something and failed, I would have appreciated that just as much. You know, for whatever people say about Wonder Woman, like, it was fun, it was all right, but it wasn't great. It wasn't anything extraordinary. We just think it's extraordinary because there's a woman leading it and there's a woman behind the camera. But if mm -hmm. a guy had done it, it would have just been par for the core superhero film. Nothing extraordinary. Now, Thor is in a different category, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is and, interesting. And it's funny you say that because um, I was reading on Metacritic and they were going, they did an article talking about like all the top Oscar contenders. Um, they picked like 22 films and wonder woman is the only comic book movie to actually be picked. And considering like that, what you were saying before, it's like, Oh, because it's like a woman behind the camera. They're actually mentioning that in the articles, like Patty Jenkins is like the first woman to do a superhero film of this par and make it so amazing. And I think it's that alone that's getting it recognized. But at the same time, People over here in the States loved it to death. They don't even acknowledge that fact at all. They just love the fact that there's, like, an actually great, like, superhero film in there. It's just like they're praying and hoping that it gets, like, that Oscar, you know, worthy contender just because it's, like, superhero films are going through, like, a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Renaissance? Yes, that's it. Um, over here in the States, they're not in like the hierarchies of like Hollywood. Um, it's not really respected in terms of like, like great genres. It's like, oh, you're just here to make money. And I think, you know, I think Wonder Woman really started that. And then Thor Ragnarok obviously is starting that as well. Cause you're having like all these ingenuous people coming in and revolutionizing it. So to speak, sorry, I had to clear my throat for a second. But no, I think that those these two movies are sort of starting that that so sort of parallel, and you know it's 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 going to be interesting to say the least. Like obviously, there's going to be more. Obviously, we're going to be seeing a lot more. Like I've been watching a lot of these foreign movies, so I'm interested to see whether these like these foreign directors are going to come over and they're going to start tackling these big major productions. And if they do, like where does it go? Like what do we do? Well, you've got a French director on Blade Runner. You've got a bunch of, but it's, I, I think they just need to, it's not about being foreign or from, you know, different perspectives. It's not just that. I mean, you've got so many different 
types of Americans that it, it's just like open it up, open up the gates, stop going for the 30 something white man who's lived on video games his whole life. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but they're going to tell the same stories the same way. Mm. So yeah, you need to transition and you don't need to look as far as, you know, across the world if you don't really want to, but like, yeah, just, but I think they are. Cause I think they are. Cause I think they're trying to, get away from like the whole um the whole sort of like nerdy style of making like superhero movies and now trying to actually treat them as like oh hey they're like actually movies and while it's like the action part is still there <coughs> excuse me while it's all still there and while it's very appealing and visual to the eye oh there's actually a story here that's actually very compelling and it's like very dramatic i mean civil war taught us that um more than anything but it's I think it's like sort of being blending this change and I think it's only going to get like better from here. It's just a matter of, OK, who tackles it? Yeah, it is exciting. Mm. And obviously, my scene all right, that's, that's probably all that I've got on my end that I can literally um, see. Unless I'm forgetting something spoiler wise, I probably am. Um, nope, not really. I know. I just want to say that, like, you know, the opening scene when he's like in that the chat the chain and he's spinning around. Oh, God. <laughs> so like, simple. Oh God. So funny. So funny. And like, I was so surprised, and I like burst out laughing, and I was the only person that like everybody else was like chuckling. And I, in the cinema, it was full, and I like. Burst out laughing. It was so funny, and everybody laughed at me. <laughs> laughed at you? Yes. I mean, she does get <laughs> laughed at when she starts laughing. It's quite funny. Anyway. She does that noise. And so then I was like, well, okay. Part of my brain was like, I'm going to tone it down slightly for the rest of the film. But I was so surprised. It was like this burst, this peal of laughter. It was brilliant because it just set the tone for the whole film from there. Yeah, it really did. And I I think it's good when, like, the character doesn't take themselves too seriously. And it felt like a growth in his character that he got to that point because he's very earnest in the first one, isn't he? He's all like, I am the son of Odin and I am, you know, this and I am this and I am the wielder of this thing. And it was nice to see how, like, he moved on from that. Yeah, because that was superhero movies back then. Which, by the way, that monster was voiced by Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob, which which got most people into the theater anyway. So I found that I found that hilarious. But um, oh, oh! Before we finish up, I just want to say that like I love Idris Elba, and it was really nice that like doesn't love Idris Elba. Yeah, I'm in love with that guy. And the fact that yeah. he's not the fact that and actually um, he's actually got. <laughs> This is like the highest billing that he's ever gotten and like a major, major, major movie. Because in most movies, he gets like very low on the card. And like, it's only for like indie movies that he gets like the starring role. But this is like. Which is ridiculous because he's he's gorgeous and very talented. So why is he not like, you know. Well, well, there's a movie coming out. Well, there's a movie coming out called Molly's Game, which is I think he's got even more top billing on. And I think he's considered like best supporting actor candidate, and uh, oh. hopefully, th- hopefully that will get him into more movies. So we'll see, like major, major yeah. ones. With Jessica um, Chastain, yeah. right? That looks really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Pacific Rim, but uh, he was also great in that one, which is like yeah, the, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, like the, he was also quite good in Bastille Day with Richard Madden. Yes, of Game of Thrones. Fans. Oh my. I've never seen that. I just saw the trailer. It's like, actually quite away. clever and entertaining. And uh, it happened nice. to be good. It's quite fun. Do recommend. Hmm. It's a fun, fun hour and a half. Yeah, it was also in uh, The Mound Between Us with Kate Winslet, which didn't get a lot of recognition, and it's like very underappreciated movie. Um, oh, is that, I think that's only just come out here because she was doing promo for it recently. Yeah. Just recently. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> But also kind of good. Yeah, yeah. It was like it, for us, it came out like in September, and I got it got like. Oh, how oh, weird! It's so yeah. odd how like the cycle 
different, isn't it? Oh, don't, oh, don't get me started. Like I, I, I listened to like, I listened to the empire podcast, um, on there and they do like movie reviews. And so I'm hearing interviews from movies that I've seen months ago that are just coming out over where you guys are. And I'm like, wait a minute, why did they wait till January to put out this horror movie? Like, okay. Like, I, I can already tell you it's going to, I can already tell you it's going to suck. Don't see it. But it's amazing. It's amazing how our systems works. Like you guys got Thor a week earlier than we did. I can't imagine you guys are getting Justice League um, um, a week earlier. But I'm not sure. I think it's Friday, aren't we? I and we're getting panties out really soon too, isn't it? Yeah, Justice League. Yeah. Uh, for us, it comes out uh, this Friday. Yeah, I think it's the same here. Um, yeah, it's weird. Some of them, I remember that used to happen in France a lot. We get European releases like that quite a bit earlier than the States, but then some other big blockbusters you get in the States before, it is, you, I don't know what, what it is. I think they try to drive the market up in the quieter yeah, period. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what they did with Thor. They wanted to test the waters in, in the, the UK to see how well it would do, and then, boom, just get right to America. Well, I think it was, was it Asia and Europe that got it at the same time, and then, then the States gets it or something, because they know it'll yes. always do well in Japan, things like yes. that. Of course, of course. That's why they. That's what. The, that's what they're doing with all the monster movies. Uh, but everything yeah. else. But everything else. It's like okay. It's like with like a major American release. It's like okay, we'll release it in America, but then we'll wait till we get to China because China and Japan they like our movies more than actual Americans do, and that's why you see Transformers movies all the time getting made because China falls in love with them. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's generally all I have for today. Um, cool, fab. Yeah. So we got done with our first episode on Thor Ragnarok, and we got we Yay. got and we got uh, we got more coming. But it's not basically it's we got like an entire list of um, stuff we'll be talking about, and it's uh, it's some pretty interesting stuff too that we're going to be going over. So look forward to that, people, as we go through the days and until we do our next episode, everybody. I'm Joe. For, for and for Victorine and Tilly, we thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.